ever find yourself saying, that happened this week? Us too. All the time. I'm Tamara Keith, host of the NPR Politics Podcast, where we follow the political twists and turns and break down what it all means. Find us on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Jonathan. Hi, Fira. Hey, so today's guest, Julia Stiles, starred in a movie inspired by The Taming of the Shrew. Mm -hmm. So Shakespearean speed round, what play inspired The Lion King? Uh, That was based on Hamlet. Yes. How about She's the Man? That was Twelfth Night. Exactly. Okay, here's an easy one. Okay. Romeo and Juliet. Oh, uh, Coriolanus. From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. We've got a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are backstage editing Missouri's Wikipedia page. But only one will be our big winner, and we are being joined by actor Julia Stiles. You may know her from the iconic teen movie, Ten Things I Hate About You. So in honor of that, I'd like to share my list. (laughs) You don't listen. Half the time, I can't understand you. You interrupt me. You eavesdrop on my phone calls. You're emotionally shut down. You tell awful jokes, you never leave the house, yet when I want you, you're not there. We never have real conversations, and you're always on the internet, and there's more where that came from, Alexa. (laughs) In our first game, we'll imagine what would have happened if Dr. Jekyll used Grindr and wondered why Mr. Hyde was always zero feet away. (laughs) Let's meet our contestants. First up, Bree Fowler on buzzer number one. You're a tech and security reporter for Consumer Reports. Welcome. Thank you. And your opponent is Tamar Kaplan on buzzer number two. You are a structural engineer. Welcome. Thank you. Tamar and Bree, the first of you who wins two of our games will move on to the final round at the end of the show. So let's start with a trivia game called The Instagram of Dorian Gray. In this game, we've solved the core plot issues in classic works of fiction using modern solutions. So just ring in and give me the title of the original work. Here we go. Instead of rafting down the Mississippi, our protagonists order a lift. They safely reach Cairo, Illinois, avoiding blood feuds and con artists, and then give their driver a five-star rating. Bree. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. That is correct. Mark Twain has a 4.2, by the way. <laughs> is he a driver or a, or a passenger? Yeah, passenger. <laughs> passenger. I think it would be like a little chatty. He's <laughs> too chatty. Didn't like that guy with a mustache. <laughs> Phileas Fogg uses Hipmunk to book first-class airplane tickets for a leisurely vacation circumnavigating the globe. Bree. Around the world in 80 days. That's right. Long John Silver uses Monster.com to apply for a job as a ship's cook. Young Jim Hawkins checks Silver's questionable references and decides they should interview other candidates. Bree. Treasure Island. That is correct. This game makes me realize that I have not read any books. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I don't know how I missed it, but I did. I know. I was like, there's no question about Archie and Veronica. (laughs) (laughs) In this classic play, Walter Younger runs a successful Kickstarter campaign to open an artisanal liquor store on the south side of Chicago. Bree. Death of a Salesman? No, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Tamar, do you know the answer? This is not my topic, clearly. (laughs) I hear you, sister. (laughs) We're looking for A Raisin in the Sun by Lorraine Hansbury. Heathcliff peeks at Catherine's Instagram feed and decides she's doing fine without him. Bree? Pride and Prejudice? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. (sighs) Well, I know it's not Pride and Prejudice. (laughs) And there's like about seven other things you know it's not by now. (laughs) Potentially. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to take a guess, answer? I really have nothing. Would you like to say a title of a book you've enjoyed? (laughs) We'll pick one of the Harry Potter series. <laughs> okay, we'll yeah. <laughs> the, we were looking for Wuthering Heights. <gasps> this is your last clue. 
English schoolboys grapple with the savagery of roaming charges when they use their smartphones to call for help after being stranded on an island. Bree. Oh, Lord of the Flies. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? It was a tough game, Bree. Well done. You're one step closer to the final round. Next, we'll play a game about the sound of failure. Let's check in with our contestants. Tamar, in addition to uh, your work as a structural engineer, you sing in a Jewish a cappella choir? Or you, I, did, you did, I in did in college? I did in college, yes. Uh, and you got to perform in some pretty good places? We did. We performed in a number of pretty good places. Okay. Any standouts? We got to perform at the White House for the Obamas. Oh, yeah. That might, that might <laughs> be a favorite. Yeah. What was the uh, circumstance? Uh, the Hanukkah party that the White House throws every year, yeah. uh, we were invited to be sort of the entrance entertainment for that. So we stood in the entryway and watched famous Jewish people walk past us. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other kind? Is um, <laughs> and, and what were you singing? Uh, we were singing a number of songs, some from our typical repertoire, some holiday-specific stuff that we learned for that. And yeah. part of it was a we got to do a personal meet-and-greet with the Obamas, which involved sort of a one-minute snippet of a song that we got to perform for them. And what was the one-minute snippet? We did a mashup of a traditional Hanukkah holiday song and Katy Perry's Firework, so, <laughs> so Michelle Obama sang along with us. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which chilling in the doorway, because if anybody can crash a private concert for the Obamas, it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs> she just lurked in a doorway? And then... Yeah. Uh, Bree, you write about security, hackers, and privacy rights for Consumer Reports, so can you tell us about internet security and how should we protect ourselves? Well, I mean, a lot of it comes down to, like, basic common sense. Your password should not be password. <laughs> Uh -oh. And, you know, I mean, people are so worried about the NSA reading their mind, but yet they put everything on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, you know. Yeah, we're ruining our own privacy, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, why are you worried about someone reading your mind when you're walking around with no pants on? I mean, that's basically what it boils down to. <laughs> <laughs> it Story is of my life, Bruce. <laughs> It is funny when people like, oh, you know, they know where we are. It's like, well, you just checked in. <laughs> you know? Okay, let's go to your next game. It's about sounds you hear when you lose or die. Tamar, what is your least favorite sound? Pigeons on my windowsill in the morning. <laughs> yeah, right. Vermin trying to get into your home. Mm -hmm. Brie, what's your least favorite sound? I, I'd say it's a tie between anything my kids say or do before 7 a.m. on a Saturday okay. and people who chew gum in elevators. We're going to edit that so it just is like anything my kids say. That's what we're going to edit. So this is an audio quiz called The Sounds of Failure. We'll play a sound effect you'd hear when you failed at a game. You just tell me the name of the video game, tabletop game, or game show the sound comes from. So, Bree, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are off to the final round. Tamar, you need to win this, or we're going to gong show you out of here. Here we go. Here's your first sound. Tamar. Is that The Price is Right? Sure is. Yeah. They have a whole orchestra, right? Live, every they show? They like 10 horns. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, how about this? Brie. Super Mario? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Tamar, can you steal? Pac-Man? That is Pac-Man dying, yeah. Although, can Pac-Man die if he's surrounded by ghosts? If he does, what's it matter? He's just going to come back as a ghost. Apparently, ghosts are real. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah, it gets weird. Here's your next fail. Tamar. Jenga? Yeah, that's Jenga. <laughs> the Jenga tower falling. Sure. Have you ever played Jenga? I have. <laughs> but Sounds you, just like that. Yeah. It, you're correct. I just, I was... I wish Jenga had a like a built-in sound effect. That like was a, it. 
<laughs> All right, how about this one? <laughs> Tamar. Bop it? Bop it, yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, Bop it is a handheld electronic game that's sort of, it's like Simon says, but it just tells you to do things, right? It just yells at you <laughs> things to do basically until you make that sound. Well, until it makes that sound, but it, you might make that sound yeah, also. Yeah, right. All right, here's a tough one. Bree. Mario? Good guess. I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Tamar, can you steal? Super Mario. Mm. <laughs> I like what you guys did there. That's the sound of the dog laughing when you don't shoot any ducks in Duck Hunt. Oh. I know, I know. All right, what's this from? Tamar. Uh, family Feud? Good answer, good answer. <laughs> and this is your last clue. Tamar walked away and made sure Brie could ring in for that one. What do you got, Brie? Yeah, that's Super Mario. Yeah, that is Super Mario Brothers. Puzzaker, <laughs> Archung, how did our contestants do? There was no failure in that game. Tamar, congratulations, you won that game. So you each won a game, which means we're going to a quick game three. I'll give you a category, and you go back and forth, naming things that fall into that category. The first contestant to mess up will be eliminated. You need to buzz in to answer first. Here's your category. Name the 10 US states that most recently joined the union. Bree, you're first. Hawaii. Correct. Tamar. Uh, California? No, I'm sorry, that is incorrect. The other answers were Alaska, Arizona, Idaho, Montana, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Utah, Washington, and Wyoming. Tomorrow, we're sorry to see you go. So that means, Bree, you're headed to the final round. Coming up, we'll find out who will face off against Bree in our final round, and we'll find out at least 10 things we love about our special guest, Julia Stiles. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from the new Surface Pro from Microsoft. It's a laptop built for speed with a battery that lasts all day, so you can play up to 13 and a half hours of video without needing to charge. It's light enough to go anywhere you want with options for a removable keyboard in lots of new colors. Its touchscreen display responds to your fingertips with great resolution too, and it also works with your iPhone. The new Surface Pro is the lightest, most powerful Surface Pro ever. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Trader Joe's, where asking is a way of life. Want to know how to prep that new frozen dish? Just ask a crew member. Want to know where they found that exotic fruit you've never seen before? Just ask. Want to know which wine goes best with your favorite cheese? Definitely ask. At Trader Joe's, ask and then ask another. Then eat, of course. More at TraderJoe's.com and at Trader Joe's on Instagram. This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with Puzzle Guru Archung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Our special guest starred in 10 Things I Hate About You and the Jason Bourne movies. She can be currently seen in the new scripted series, Riviera, streaming on Sundance Now. Please welcome Julia Stiles. This is so exciting for me. Julie, you've started a bunch of Shakespearean adaptations. Ten Things I Hate About You was an update of Taming of the Shrew. You played Ophelia opposite Ethan Hawke in Hamlet. And you were Desdemona in O, which is, of course, short for Othello. So is there any particular Shakespeare play you'd love to take on? 
Sure. I feel like I want to do over on a lot of the Shakespeare that I've <laughs> already done because like I also did Shakespeare in the Park um, many years ago. I did Twelfth Night and I feel like those plays are the thing that you never really get right. You know, that's why we keep remaking them. But yes, like a classic verse, you know, traditional version. Um, the Scottish play would be really great. Yeah. I'm trying to think what I'm the right age for now. Because I'm not quite, I'm, I'm like too old to do Ophelia over again. So, but I'm too young to be like Gertrude. So, Julia, um, you, you're talking all these Hollywood turns. <laughs> Come on, you can do anything yeah. you want. Uh, yeah, Lady M would be really fun. Okay, very cool. Now, you starred with Matt Damon in four Jason Bourne movies. You know, and what a good gig, I gotta say, for you. Because Bourne Identity, what, how old were you, 19? I was 19. Yeah, okay. and I was supposed my character, my character was supposed to die in the first one, and then they reshot it, so I got to survive. And then there were three other movies, so that was a surprise, <laughs> and a really welcome one. Okay, wait a second. So you get the job, and you're like, "This is great. It's a big blockbuster thriller, but I die in the film, so that's that." Well, no, I, um, I nobody knew that it was going to be a big success, the first one, because sure. it was the first time that uh, Doug Lyman had had pulled the project together, and he really had the the vision to make it um, to use those handheld cameras and kind of make it look more like a guerrilla indie movie, which was a risk for a studio at that time, and then kind of became the trend. But also Matt Damon was really well respected as an actor and a writer, but he wasn't your go-to guy for action, action. movies. Um, and Franca Patente, who was like a German indie Great casting. Actress. Yeah, it was great. But it was risky. So we didn't know what was going to happen with, with the franchise. So you get the role of Nikki, uh, and the script says that you get killed. I got th- uh, thrown up against a wall, and my neck was snapped. <laughs> and... Yeah. So and that's... I'm glad they changed it. <laughs> so your new show is a crime series called Riviera. You play Georgina, a woman whose life of leisure is kind of torn apart when her rich husband is murdered. And the producers likened your character to Michael Corleone in The Godfather, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah, a bit of pressure, but yes, very cool. And I was, that was one of the selling points for me. Because you thought this is a, a new role for you to play? Yeah, and I just thought, um, when I read the first couple episodes, I thought, well, she could either be like the naive American with all these Europeans who's kind of has all this tragedy thrown at her. But when they started talking about this Michael Corleone anti-hero idea, it got interesting because I thought, oh, she's going she's gonna to rise to the circumstances and become maybe more manipulative or do some questionable things um, because she has to and she does. Neil Jordan who created it told me that the inspiration for the show was behind every great fortune is a great crime and I thought that was a really interesting premise mm. that I would want to see for 10 or more episodes not just you know half an hour. The one off yeah. and you said a, a female anti-hero that's sort of something you actually don't see very often. Yeah. Reflected back to you. You see plenty of men. Male anti-heroes is like totally, one of our yeah. favorite things, actually. Yeah, but we still had discussions on set, you know, about things that she would do, and 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 there were concerns that is she going to be unlikable? Is she going to be sympathetic? And then we didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as you don't lose the audience, as long as you don't turn them off so much that they're not with the main character. Yeah. She is kind of the window into this world of crazy wealth. But we like to see people behaving badly, I think. Uh, so, you know, you had the opportunity to meet a bunch of your musical heroes, including one of mine, uh, Prince. Yes. So you and Matt Damon, as I understand, scored tickets to go see him in London. Yes. And then had a meet and greet with him. Yes. <laughs> Backstage. Yes. He, um, I was, I really gives me chills thinking that I was really lucky that that happened, you know, before he passed away. But it was, um, I think the Bourne Ultimatum, the, he came to the screening of it. And then, uh, so we were at the party afterwards. This is, it's going to sound so crazy when I tell this story. Um, he, but I know that it's crazy. So I'm not like right, totally out of touch. It's Prince. Um, <laughs> so we were at the party afterwards and somebody, summoned me over to a different room and said, Prince wants to meet you. And I was like, the Prince of what? <laughs> and, uh, and it was like the artist, Prince. Um, so he gave the cast tickets to the show that he was doing at the O2 Arena that week. I remember that 
Apparently during his show on that tour, he would always, at a certain song, call for the, the ladies to come up on stage, the ones who were like in the front row, which yeah. we were. So front row Prince concert, then we get up on stage and we're dancing with Prince, which is amazing enough. And then he kind of, he starts playing the opening bar to play that funky music, White Boy, which just the music, you kind of recognize the song, but you don't know exactly, but you know that you want to dance to it. But he comes up behind me and kind of nudges me and whispers in my ear, sing. And he like pushes me in front of the microphone. Yeah. I'm getting like flustered just talking about it right now. Um, So I do, and it's like 50,000 people in this arena, blinding white lights. And I'm, and I'm like, no, 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 I can't, I can't, I can't. And he goes, too late. And, <laughs> and I'm also thinking like, oh my God, this is my rock star fantasy. Yeah. I get to sing in front of 50,000 people. Wait, I don't know how to sing. And I also don't know the lyrics to this song. You gotta, you know, this is your chance. So I just went for it. And I looked down into the pit and I saw the bass player just kind of shaking his head <laughs> and not not shaking his head like to the beach but shaking his head like oh girl <laughs> and then I just remember like staying up all night with my sister going was it okay oh my god was it okay? <laughs> I want to do it again another do-over another do-over that I would did like did Prince to have. say anything to you afterwards yes I said so there was like afterwards people just sort of hanging out and I was like I can't believe you made me do that you could have told me what song it was Thank God it wasn't one of his songs. Um, And he was like, but it's not fun that way. You're like, for you. Cheeky bugger. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So now I know all the lyrics to... (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you ready for an Ask Me Another Challenge? I am. I'm very excited about it. All right. Julia Stiles, everybody. Uh, but another tidbit we found out about you, Julia, is that you are a big fan of the musician Morrissey. Yes. Who once led the band The Smiths. So tell me about this obsession. Oh, I also met Morrissey. Yeah? But not in a good way. <laughs> um, I, I was in London doing a play that I had to promote. So I went on their version of David Letterman, which is the Jonathan Ross show at the time. And Morrissey happened to also be performing on the Jonathan Ross show or like the next night. And I told them that I was a huge fan. And they said, well, you can come in and, and we'll sneak you into the rehearsal. Morrissey does not allow anyone to listen to his sound checks, but we'll get you in, we'll sneak you in. So I come the next day, they sneak me through the back door. And then I turned a corner and Morrissey was right there. And I went, oh my God. About two minutes later, security came and asked me to leave. (laughs) Okay, so we didn't really meet, but I saw him. Right, right. So since you appear in the Bourne Action movie franchise and you love Morrissey, your game is called The Bourne Morrissey. We are going to read you a quote. You just have to tell us, is it a quote from elite brainwashed assassin Jason Bourne? Or is it a lyric sung by animal rights activist Morrissey? Wow. (laughs) Amazing. And if you do well enough, you and Chris Gomez from Redding, California will win an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube each. Oh, okay. Okay. So here we go. Here's your first quote. I'm just trying to do the right thing. Oh. Jason Bourne or Morrissey? I'm just trying to do the... I'm going to practice it and see if I remember. Yeah. I'm just trying to do the right thing. <laughs> or, or is it like, huh, what does he sing like? Like, I'm just trying to do the right thing. That's very good. I feel like he was never really trying to do it. I'm going to say Born. Yeah, that was Jason okay. Born. Yeah. Okay. From uh, Born Identity. Here's another one. I'd like to smash every tooth in your head. Morrissey. Yeah, <laughs> no hesitation. Yes. No hesitation. I think I know what that song is. Yeah, it's uh, that's the Smiths. That's uh, Big Mouth Strikes Again. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's a that's, good one. Yeah, he was only joking. <laughs> I would hate anything to happen to her. I would hate anything. It does not sound like Morrissey. Um, I'm going to say Born. Interesting. Uh-oh. Are you familiar with Girlfriend in a Coma? Oh, Girlfriend in a Coma, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know really it's serious. weird that he would hate anything to happen to her, and it's a little too late, she's in a coma. But yeah. Uh, yeah. that was a Morrissey. Oh, okay. Yeah. How about this one? 
I can read, I can write, I can add, subtract, I can make coffee. <laughs> I can read, I can write, I can subtract. That's not Morrissey. Jason Bourne. Yeah, that's okay. Jason Bourne, yeah. <laughs> All that matters is staying alive. You get off the grid, survive. Jason Bourne. Oh, yeah, that's Jason Bourne. That was Bourne. an easy one. <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> That's like the premise of the whole franchise. <laughs> <laughs> And also was delivered to your character. Yes, yes. Right, yeah. Okay, this is your last clue. Save your life because you've only got one. That doesn't sound like something Jason Bourne would say. Uh, save your life because you've only got one. Morrissey. That's correct. It is Morrissey. <laughs> uh, that is the Smith Songs. The oh, okay. night has opened my eyes. Oh, okay, okay. Puzzle Guru, Art Chung, how did our special guest Julia Stiles do? Congratulations, Julia. You and listener Chris Gomez have both won Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube. Yay! You can now watch the scripted series Riviera on the streaming service Sundance Now. Let's hear it one more time for Julia Stiles. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook and Twitter. Our next game is about movie plot twists, and it has a surprise ending. Here it is. Jonathan's been dead the whole time, and I'm his father. <laughs> Let's meet our next two contestants. First up, Caitlin Doyle on buzzer number one. You work in production management in MTV's internet video department. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Caitlin, what kind of videos are you making for MTV? It's a lot of multi-platform, like, celebrity interview type of stuff. Uh-huh. And a lot of Facebook Lives now. Right, Facebook Lives. Yeah, okay. it's a big thing. Yeah. Mostly my role, though, is, like, if a rapper likes a specific type of coconut water. That's where yeah, you come in. a lot of coconut water. <laughs> There's a lot of coconut. <laughs> How about almond milk? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, it's real that's for the draw. That's, that's yeah. for the discerning taste? Yeah, the real A-listers. <laughs> <laughs> almond milk? Uh, have you found out anything about a particular ce celebrity that you admire that you were like, wow, that's an interesting little tidbit? Um, everyone's very sensitive to, like, the heat. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling yeah. me all celebrities are, like, little fragile flowers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> very good. I'm, I like that because I believe it is absolutely true. <laughs> Your opponent is Michael Height on buzzer number two. You're a manager for touring Disney musicals. Welcome. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Michael, what is the best Disney musical? Uh, definitely The Lion King. Okay. <laughs> Clearly you manage The Lion King. Yes, that's true. Okay. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, so when you're watching it backstage, do you feel like, man, I just want to run out there and be one of the characters. Well, you know, so usually I stand at the back of the house at the start of the show because, you know, the animals process down. Sure. So what I have to do is stop myself from wanting to go with all of my co-workers <laughs> up to the front of the stage. And be like, yay! And it was like, who's that guy? I have that nightmare. I have that nightmare that I'm going to accidentally walk with my clipboard onto the stage and be like, oh, no. Right, right, right. Very cool. So remember, Caitlin and Michael, win two games and you will move on to our final round. Let's go to your first game. Okay, so in this word game, we've taken movies with surprise twists and we've given them a twist of our own by adding one letter to their titles. So let's go to our puzzle guru, Art Chung, for an example. If we said Bruce Willis plays a child psychologist who finds out that he was a karate teacher the whole time, you'd answer the sixth sensei, <laughs> adding the letter I to the sixth sense. Easy stuff. <laughs> Ring in to answer. Here we go. Charlton Heston crash lands on a strange planet, but in the end, he discovers he was on Earth all along when he stumbles across an electronic cigarette. Michael. Planet of the Vapes? Yeah, that's right. In this Orson Welles masterpiece, the title character dies right after he whispers the name of his sled, Yeezy. <laughs> Caitlin. Oh, gosh. Uh, I want to say War of the Worlds, but it's incorrect. That is incorrect. You were corrected by, by being incorrect. <laughs> Michael, do you know the answer? I, I, uh, I know. Oh, gosh. I, I mean, I can see it. Uh, Citizen Kane, uh -huh. but I don't... The twist was about... Yeezy. 
<laughs> Citizen Kanye. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Thank you. I like your Yeezy delivery. (laughs) An old man, I'm lying in my, sitting in my rocking chair, I'm just about to die, and I'm remembering a fond thing from my past, and it's Kanye West. (laughs) Russell Crowe stars as a mathematical genius, John Nash, who's obsessed with the actress who played Kelly Kapoor on The Office. A beautiful Mindy. Caitlin, that is correct. Nicole Kidman lives with her two daughters in a haunted house, but at the end of the movie, she finds out her daughters also have kids. Caitlin. The mothers? That's right. You yeah. got it. Sounds like the most terrifying movie of all time. Mark Ruffalo stars in this romantic comedy where he's haunted by the ghost of Reese Witherspoon, whom he later learns was killed in a medieval sporting accident. No? Nothing. Anyone? Anyone want to ring in and just throw something into the mix? I feel like Caitlin Uh, wants to. I think uh, Joust Like Heaven? Yeah! (laughs) Respect, Caitlin. Respect. Thank you. (laughs) This is your last clue. Two strangers wake up, trapped in a room with a dead body lying between them. Only it's not a dead body. It's chopped cabbage salad. Michael. Slaw. Slaw. <laughs> Art Chung, how did our contestants do? They both did great. Caitlin, you're one step closer to the final round. If your ATM password is easy to remember because it's an anagram of a palindrome of your middle name, you sound like the kind of nut job who should be on our show. For more information on how to be a contestant and our October show in Orlando, go to amatickets.org. Coming up, another plot twist. Our next segment will include a mystery guest. (gasps) And we found a whole new way to ruin a band you love by rewriting their songs to be about TV anchors. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Starbucks. For the past 43 years, Starbucks has served their bold signature espresso. But for the first time ever, they're introducing a second espresso, Starbucks Blonde Espresso. It's smooth and subtly sweet, so whatever your drink is, from a flat white to an iced Americano, try it with Starbucks Blonde Espresso. And as always, you can order ahead on your Starbucks app. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Ask Me Another. Please help us out by telling us what you like and how we could improve by completing a short anonymous survey at npr.org slash podcast survey. It just takes a few minutes and you'll do all of us at Ask Me Another a huge favor by filling it out. That's npr.org slash podcast survey. And thank you. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton, here with puzzle guru Art Chung. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Caitlin and Michael. Soon they'll play a game where Jonathan Colton will play with fire and try not to get David burned. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm just going to leave three more beats. Mm -hmm. Just wait for it. Let's check in with our contestants. Caitlin, so you've also been going through what I understand is a very lengthy process to adopt a cat. They won't let just anyone, no. They won't? Right, okay. Uh, so let's hear a little bit about this journey and the lucky cat. Um, his name is Winston. I'm picking him up next weekend, and I have FaceTimed with him. Really? <laughs> I have, yes. How was he on FaceTime? He was a cat. <laughs> <laughs> And that was, that, that's basically what you're looking for? As advertised, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you're going to pick him up where? Uh, in Pennsylvania. Okay, so this yeah. is not just any cat. No, this, this is a, he is a retired show cat. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. His full Cat Fanciers Association name is Lion Lily Wishmaster by Nightwish, which is also an album by a Finnish metal band, which I found out when I Googled it. 
We're going to have a big social media presence, baby. <laughs> That's great. Fantastic. So, Michael, you and your wife are learning about wine. Yes. Yeah. Which is something I aspire to myself. Uh, and what are you drawn towards as a, you know, a wine enthusiast? Uh, I like reds from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> There's someone here. Portland in the house. Yeah. yeah. The uh, Willamette Valley. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Very, very excited. Good. Yep. My wife and I had uh, a very exciting date night planned for my birthday last year at the Willamette Valley. And that was the day that the Delta crash came, where they grounded all of these flights. And so I was stuck with the company of the Lion King in Minneapolis for the day and didn't get that, uh, that night with my wife. But oh. it'll happen soon. It'll happen again. Is that you telling her over the radio that <laughs> she should make it happen for you again? Love, love it, you, honey. Love I you. love it. <laughs> Let's go to your next game where we'll put TV pundits in absurdly large suits in a music game based on the talking heads. Caitlin, you won the last game, so you win this, and you are in the final round. Michael, you need to win this, or you may ask yourself, what have I done? <laughs> Jonathan Colton, take it away. We rewrote talking head songs to be about people who make their living as talking heads. Hosts, pundits, game show sidekicks, whatever. Ring in and tell me who I'm singing about. And if you get that right, for a bonus point, you can identify the Talking Heads song I am parodying. Are you ready? Yeah. Yep. Okay, here we go. EGOT. She's one of 12 on that list. As Guinan. Her hat looked like a saucer. She's the longest running host on the show The View. Michael. Whoopi Goldberg. That's correct. For a bonus point, can you name the song? I know not it at all. Okay. I know it not at all. That was burning down the house. (laughs) For a second bonus point, can you name all 19 other hosts of The View? (laughs) No, I cannot. Okay. (laughs) I'm on screen to deliver the facts. Look like a model for some shirts or slacks A silver fox, a perfect ten I'm 360 on CNN Caitlin Anderson Cooper Yeah, that's right For a bonus point, can you end a song? Psycho Killer Psycho Killer, you got it People love a syndicated show how you doing? The phrase that they crow. She was a DJ at New York gigs. Now has a line of jewelry and wigs. Caitlin. Is it Wendy Williams? It is Wendy Williams. Can you name the song? I do not know. It's Take Me to the River. <laughs> I'm right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> You may find yourself as the host of Singled Out. And you may find yourself as the host of At Midnight. And you may find yourself hosting The Wall and the Nerdist. And you may find yourself hosting Talking Bad, Talking Dead, and Talking Saul. And you may ask yourself, well, what else can I host? <laughs> Caitlin. Chris Hardwick. Chris Hardwick is the answer. Bonus point for you, Caitlin, if you can name the song. I don't know this one either. Okay. It's once in a lifetime, everybody. <laughs> you don't have to clap. You don't have to clap. You know what? They've gotten plenty of acclaim and plenty of success. They're they fine. don't need your pity applause. <laughs> uh, here we go. Audience in the dog pound on his 90s talk show. Also the host of Star Search. Paula Abdul's video. Sad shake of heads. Yeah. Any hints from you, Puzzle Guru Archon? He was also in Coming to America with Eddie Murphy. Caitlin. Arsenio Hall. That is correct. Can you name the song? I think you know I can. I, I, <laughs> I had a feeling you wouldn't be able to. It was Road to Nowhere, everybody. Uh, this is your last clue. This ain't no party, this ain't no disco, this ain't no fooling around. 
and yet I'm drinking, and Kathy Lee's drinking. It's only 10 a.m. now. <laughs> Caitlin. Hoda Kotb. Hoda Kotb, that's right. <laughs> and I don't suppose there's any reason I should. I got nothing you know, for this you. Is particularly, <laughs> this is a particularly hard one. I don't, I'm not sure I would have been able to name this song. Yeah, I know, know this it. song. Sure. It's Life During Wartime is the name of the song. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, there you go. It's fun to know things. Archung. <laughs> Puzzle Guru Archung, how did our contestants do? Congratulations, Caitlin. You won both games, and you're moving on to the final round. While Bree and Caitlin get ready for the final round, it's time for us to play a game. This is Mystery Guest. A stranger is about to come on stage. Jonathan and I have no idea who this person is or what makes them special, but our puzzle guru, Art Chung, does. That's right, Ophira. You and Jonathan will work together as a team to figure out our Mystery Guest secret by asking yes or no questions. Mystery Guest, please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Emily Pirana, and I teach an unusual class geared towards women. And to clarify, this class is unusual because it teaches two very different subjects. So you're going to have to guess both subjects of the class. Okay. Can only women attend this class? Yes. Uh, so are you teaching them uh, some kind of uh, physic- physicality, some sort of physical thing that they're learning? Yes. Is it self-defense? No. Is it self-offense? <laughs> no. Uh, is it an art? Yes. Well, it can be used to make art. How about we say that? It can be used to make art. People. It is a physical skill that can be used to make art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both reject that. <laughs> Does not exist. <laughs> nope. Next mystery guest. Does it just involve any implements or tools or yes. props? It does. Yes. Could this be used to make a visual art? Yes. Okay. So like painting or uh, uh, photography? No. Ugh. It's a visual art, though. Like, is this a difficult skill to learn? A little bit. Hmm. Can anybody do it? If Anyone can do it, yes. Um, let's see. Is it pressing flowers? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, how about, is it, uh, is it anything like um, to be a blacksmith? How about to be a blacksmith or a smelter? Closer. 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 Uh, is, is, there heat in, is there heat involved? Wait, oh, a welder? Yes. A oh. welder. You yeah. teach welding. Yes. All right. Were you inspired by flash dance? Okay, forget it. <laughs> Only me and like four so, other people. Wait, so that's one. Besides teaching welding to women, there's also another subject that's taught in that class. And as a hint, it starts with the same letter. Welding w. to women and another W. Oh, my God. Your branding's amazing. <laughs> um... <laughs> what? Water, what is watercolors? <laughs> Welding watercolors? But washing women? windows? No. <laughs> and this is something that is totally counter to that. Completely. Completely, Completely counter. counter. But the two of them work together in some way? Yes. Okay. Is the other thing a physical skill as well? No. It's an, it's an intellectual thing you're learning. It's not necessarily you. a skill. Can I say that? It's not a skill. It is something you take a class in. Something you take a class in that is not a skill. It's. I'm so mad right now. I know. <laughs> we actually discussed this earlier in the show. We did. We did. I'm just gonna look through. Yeah, the script. let's just read the script. <laughs> um, Alexa, find me all the W's in the script. Okay. <laughs> but it's learning about a subject. Yes. Witchcraft. <laughs> wow, welding and witchcraft. That would be good. They'll open that because yeah, that's, that's right. good. <laughs> is the subject related to the arts? No. Is it related to the sciences? No. Is it related to history? No. <laughs> is it a language? No. <laughs> is it related to uh, food? Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Oh. Okay. Take a, take a class. You take a class. <laughs> take a class to learn a thing. It's not a skill. It's related to food. Water. Wine. Yes. Oh, of course. So Emily works for Staten Island Makerspace, a community workspace for artists, craftspeople, and general <laughs> hobbyists to build and create things. She's currently teaching Women, Welding, and Wine, a month-long workshop in which women learn to weld and also drink some wine. All right, so what wine pairs with welding? All wine. All wine. <laughs> yeah. I would like to take this class. Please come down and take the class. You're yeah. definitely invited. Okay. 
And so we teach you like the basics of welding, the safety, um, and all this stuff. So you can come back and do it on your own. Uh, to space. the so it's like in a welding yeah where is, what is it a welding workshop so, yeah so we're in a Staten Island makerspace um we are a makerspace we have a full metal shop wood shop um, we have digital fabrication 3D printers laser cutters anything you could possibly want to make anything um, we have it all and uh, you can come be a member in our space and make your own projects and do whatever you need to do. Yeah, they I, do. I would assume you, you do the welding first and the wine comes afterwards. You don't yes, want to have a bunch yes. of drunk people with uh, hot metal. <laughs> with, right, but except for you're safe because you've got those big helmets on, right? Yeah, you, nothing can happen. Nothing yeah, bad fine. can happen. So there's four weeks of welding. Yes. And what's the finished product? Obviously a wine rack. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. And you are a welder, I take it? Yes. And why, how and why did you become a welder? Uh, well, I went to school for art, so I learned a little bit in college, and then I learned uh, the rest of what I know from Staten Island Makerspace. Very cool. And what do you want women to go forward with their welding skills to do? Anything they want. Yeah. Fix things, make art projects. More wine racks, anything. <laughs> more and more wine racks. After the very first night, it's uh, very empowering immediately after doing the first weld. Because you're liquefying metal? Literally. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, so that feels like amazing. You can change the form of something solid and rigid yeah. to something to be whatever you Lots want. Lots of sparks. It's very fun. <laughs> Lots of sparks. Excellent. And Ophira made a joke about flash dance, but that is actually something that's come up in the sure. class. Oh, yeah, and actually it's in the description of our class. It's that you can uh, feel like you're from Flashdance. That's very cool. Everyone give it up for our mystery guest, Emily Perina. <laughs> it's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Bree Fowler, who's an internet security writer and says, your password should not be password. And Caitlin Doyle, who did a FaceTime interview with a cat. <laughs> Puzzigur Archung, take it away. Thanks, Ophira. Bree and Caitlin, your final round is called Cray Crayola. <laughs> Every answer is also the color of a Crayola crayon. So, for example, if I said it's an adjective that describes food that's acrid and saccharine, you'd answer bittersweet, which is also a nice shade of orange. We're playing this round like a penalty shootout. You'll each get up to eight questions. The contestant who scores the most points will be our big winner. Your prize is an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Julia Stiles. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Brie is going first. Here we go. Brie, a fairground treat made of spun sugar on a stick, often dyed pink. Cotton candy. Correct. Caitlin, a clump of dried plant parts that rolls across the desert, blown by the wind. Um, tumbleweed? That is correct. It's a light brown. Brie, California produces most of the world's supply of these nuts, popularly used in non-dairy milk substitutes. Almonds. That's correct. Caitlin, in the Christmas song, it roasts on an open fire. Chestnuts. That's right. Brie, it's a Danish band with the hit song, Barbie Girl. Shaking your head three seconds. I'm sorry, we're looking for aqua. Caitlin, in Harry Potter, the first name of the Gryffindor student with the last name Brown, who develops a crush on Ron Weasley. Lavender. That is correct. Bree, an aquatic creature nicknamed Sea Cow. Manatee. That is correct. Caitlin, known in the UK as an aubergine, this vegetable's emoji has a scandalous double meaning. Eggplant. That is correct. <laughs> We're at the halfway point. Caitlin is in the lead, four to three. Bree. This is the symbol of Ireland, also known as a three-leaf clover. Shamrock. That is right. Caitlin, eating this vegetable can make your urine smell weird, but some people can't sense the odor. Mm, uh, beets? No, I'm sorry. No. We're looking for asparagus. Ah. Brie, in the sisterhood of the traveling pants, the eponymous pants are made of this material. Denim. That is correct. Caitlin, the desperate housewives lived on this lane. Wisteria. That is correct. Brie, wavelength of light not visible to the human eye, used in many remote controls. Infrared. That is correct. Caitlin, in the Nicktoon, Daggett and Norbert are angry members of this species. Beaver. That is correct. The score is tied and you each have one question left. Brie, the film adaptation is about Charlie Kaufman's attempt to adapt a book by Susan Orlean 
which features this plant on the cover. Uh, Violet? No, I'm sorry, we're looking for orchid, which means, Caitlin, if you get this answer right, you win. It's an ice cream brand headquartered in Brenham, Texas. Ooh, um, haagen No, I'm I... sorry, we're looking for Bluebell. Oh. So that means we're all tied up and we're going to a tiebreaker. Hands on your buzzers. It's the alias of the professor played by Christopher Lloyd in the Clue movie. Bree. Professor Plum. That is correct. gotta say that was in a pretty amazing uh, final round so close well done Caitlin thank you so much thank you congratulations Bree that's our show Ask Me Another's puzzle guru is Art Chung. Hey, my name anagrams to Narc Thug. Our house musician is Jonathan Colton. Thou Jolta Cannon. Our puzzles are written by Matthew Foster, Kyrie Greenberg, Scott Ross, and senior writer Karen Lurie. Ask Me Another's produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Julia Melfi, Denny Shin, Ramel Wood, and our intern Madeline Kaplan, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Mike Cohn, and David Hurtkin. Ask Me Another was created by Eric Newsom and Jesse Baker. We'd like to thank our our home in Brooklyn, New York, the Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And our production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, happy to hear you're still listening. And since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you, and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. Next time on Ask Me Another, we're joined by magician Derek Delgaudio. He chats about his hit solo show, In and of Itself, and then... Brush up on your bad accents, because we're going to challenge our contestants to an audio game that features actors attempting English, Irish, and Scottish accents. Join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. 